Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel from Anche Emmett Synagogue talks with author Jonathan Eig about Parshat Amor. Does God care about physical imperfections? If we are all created in the image of God, why are only some priests allowed to offer sacrifices? Today we're going to look at the portion of Amor. For my bar mitzvah portion, I should point out. So I have it memorized, (laughs) as you would expect. And your daughter's. My daughter's portion, too, yeah. Very cool. Emor talks about a whole variety of things, not least of which is the calendar. But there's an entire section in this portion in the Priestly Handbook, which is the Book of Leviticus, which focuses on who is fit to be a Kohen. Who's fit to offer the sacrifices? And for those of us who are living in a more open, thoughtful society with people with physical challenges, this is a really hard portion to read. Because people who have physical maladies are not able to offer the sacrifices. So you sort of cringe Mm -hmm. when you look at some of this. And yet, one way to understand this is to say that When a person goes up to offer the sacrifice on behalf of someone else, the person who is the worshiper should be allowed to feel as though the sacrifice was the purest form and that there weren't any other impediments in that moment in time. I think that's the thinking of the Torah. But it really leads you to begin to think about how do we see those people that we look up to and how do we understand them? And how do we deal with flaws? Yeah, who do we look up to in society today? You know, I think when I was a kid, you'd say, well, we look up to our president. We look up to our elected officials. Uh, we look up to our teachers and our principals. But now, you know, authority figures are often frowned upon, often judged very cynically. Certainly, um, you know, elected officials, are the views are so divisive uh, these days. I remember seeing an article recently that said the people we uh, trust most in America today are actors. And that cracked me up because, you know, they're acting. <laughs> they're not really um, as honest and as uh, trustworthy, as honorable as they appear to be on TV and in the movies. They're, they're acting. So, so where does that leave us? Well, does it, doesn't that make a very powerful statement about our society? that we our need is to see perfection, to see a level of beauty, of grace, of thoughtfulness, so we can fawn on them, so we can talk about them. And as soon as we find out that they have some sort of flaw, there's clay feet in here. That's right. We are uncomfortable. How, how do we deal with the most extreme example is someone like Michael Jackson, where a new film comes out and suddenly people are really struggling. I don't want to see that. That's not who I... I want to be able to enjoy his music without thinking about the person. Right. And, how, and, and that struggle within, because what we want is perfection when we don't actually demand it of ourselves. And I think it becomes that much more difficult when you're an elected official. Right, or think about FDR... Um, we felt like we had to, the public, the media had to hide his disability because we would not have been able to really see him as a worthy, brave, fearless leader, willing to, you know, someone strong enough to take on Hitler if we knew that he couldn't even stand up without, you know, a cane and and, uh, couldn't walk without crutches. So 
we needed to create an image of a, of a perfect leader. And that's what we're talking about in this portion, too. You know, the Kohanim can't be, be hunchbacked. So the, the, the temple becomes an idealized place. But I, I want to say something that may feel controversial. And that is that there's also a danger in putting people in situations where they may not succeed. So I'm going to take you back to this sacrificial moment. People came to the temple for all kinds of reasons. They might have been offering a sacrifice because of their concerns for a sick relative or maybe their own situation in some way. They needed in that moment to feel as though everything was right. And if they walked away from that experience saying, gosh, I wonder if this will be affected in some way, because this person has a physical malady who offered the sacrifice, maybe that won't be acceptable to God, aren't we putting that person in a situation where they're not going to succeed or that becomes problematic? In other words, we might all be equal and we should be seen as equals, but that doesn't mean that we all have the same abilities. I think that's a struggle in our society. Yeah, how much of that is perception, though? How much of that is the, is the person praying needs to see someone who appears perfect offering the prayer as their, as their ambassador, you know, um, how much of that is our own fault, our own insecurity? I think a lot of it is, I guess the question becomes, when is a society ready to take the next step in how we see people, how we see individuals? And I think that's an evolution within society. I think in our society, we have, taken a lot of steps here in the synagogue also of acknowledging people who were treated as invisible into a larger community. We had a woman recent, recently visit us who is uh, blind. She's also a rabbi. Mm -hmm. And she talked about the challenges of serving as a rabbi, as a teacher. I stood next to her when she prayed. I stood and watched her, I sat and watched her teach a class using Braille and leading the class. The reality is, is that our technology helps people who might not have been able to participate on a high level in society to now participate. So the challenge is on the one level to understand that there are differences and that we don't all have the same abilities, but to error on the side of those who are uh, giving everyone the best possible opportunity. The temple is a rarefied place, but the temple isn't the world. The world is, is very different, but that doesn't mean that we can't learn positive lessons from this Torah reading, but we also can't learn negative, that we also have the possibility of learning negative lessons as well. The fact is, is that the positive lesson is, is that, yes, we're all created equal, but not all of us have the same skills. And so all of us should be given the best opportunities, but that doesn't mean that we're all, that we're all qualified to do the same things. Right. And I think there's, there's still a lot of bias on the part of those of us looking for leaders. We want leaders who, you know, we, we still have a hard time with women. Um, we, we just can't picture a woman in certain positions still to this day, um, both political and, um, you know, other positions of leadership. Uh, would Donald Trump have been elected if he were five foot six and bald? Um, 
probably not. We want this certain. We have this certain image in mind. So we are. Some of this is our own fault. We are expecting people to fit a certain look and a certain resume when we when we look for leaders. One looks at the the way that Judaism has evolved since this since Parshat Amor was first given. Today uh, we have uh, blind rabbis. Today we have women on the bima. Today we. Um, really have a much more open approach to uh, to Jewish life. But it takes time. We evolve. People have to change their vision, their understanding. But I, I also think that those people who are in leadership positions also have to understand their responsibility to be above reproach, to present a vision of a rabbi, not as the one that you want to be, but also the one that people need to see. I think that applies across the board. I think it applies in the political realm. We're not above the law. You know, a leader needs to understand that there's a sacred trust there. And I think that's the essence of Emor. One looks at people throughout history, and we, we do well to kind of balance the humanity of a person, but also the responsibility that goes into leadership. So we'll stop there. All right. Good nice talk. To you.